welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert, who is back from a vacation after two weeks. Mm-hmm. It is actually a long like a time. one-week vacation, I believe, but like you ended up having to miss both shows because it didn't line up as well. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been. I've missed a lot of good sports talk and news, and I'm glad... Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a quarterback overview, so I'll just give you guys a little bit of my insight since I missed that episode. But uh, I'm super excited. We're finally in the month of April, and guess what that means? NFL, NFL draft. draft! Yeah. And my birthday. Oh, yeah, and your birthday. That's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last week we covered rookie quarterbacks. We covered, we previewed uh, the main ones. I did that with Luke from uh, Luke Brown Sports Talk. And so make sure to check that episode out. But Chris is back and we're going to be previewing the rookie running backs. But like he said, we're also going to be giving our like brief recap or mainly Chris's because you missed his analysis. He's going to be giving his brief recap over the main quarterbacks, what he thinks about them. And I actually have like something I want to say, though, at the top of the episode as well. And it's about Justin Fields. So as an analyst, I, I mean, I've done my research, obviously. I thought I had a complete understanding of Justin Fields, and I pretty much did based on the information that was available. But, I mean, new information has come out about sort of an aptitude test from a sports psychologist. And this isn't, like, just some random, like, knowledge test. This is, like, a test to see, like, how fast you'll remember a playbook and how much you'll be able to recall it in a game. And so they tested, like, 6,500 athletes or something. And Justin Fields got max score in the top 1% of all athletes. So a lot of my concerns with him were due to his awareness and feel for the football field where he just like isn't really aware of like when the blitz is going to get him. Sometimes he bails out too soon. Sometimes he stays in too long. But I mean, this gives me at least a little bit more confidence that I think he might be able to overcome that because he's just clearly a very, very smart guy. So I moved him up to quarterback three ahead of Mac Jones, who was four, and Trey Lance was five, although Mac Jones is very, very close to uh, being behind Trey Lance for me. And then I have still Zach Wilson at one and Trevor Lawrence at two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely very fair. I think that really does show something. It's really big for teams to be able to have a quarterback just come out and pretty much be able to pick up the playbook really quickly and just learn it. And, I mean, maybe that means something for his year one prospect. Maybe he's able to play year one uh, depending if he goes to the 49ers I think that maybe eventually if Jimmy G if they decide to hang on to Jimmy G if he struggles then they then they're going to feel comfortable I think going with Fields if they draft him just because his ability to pick up the playbook is so good but I still don't trust him I my order right now is one uh Trevor Lawrence two Zach Wilson those are pretty much locked in for me and then after that three and four is tough I kind of have that Trey Lance Justin Fields combination and I think I'm going to barely go with Justin Fields just because I feel like he has a lot more talent. But I really like Trey Lance because he's dual threat quarterback. And I feel like he's much more comfortable uh, in the pocket and all that. Whereas Fields, I feel like he's going to struggle against an NFL blitz. Calvin and I were talking about his prospects and how they're not looking too good against an NFL blitz field. But uh, it's close. He's just so – Fields is so talented that I don't know that you can put him down at five because – if he can figure things out and if he learns to play against the blitz, learns to sit in the pocket, learns to go through his reads and make the right decision, he could be a really good NFL quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, it's not even like as much for me just going through his reads as like, I mean, like you said, it's just against the blitz. Like if Justin Fields can just, uh, I think I'm trying to remember an example of what I said. Like in college, he definitely got away with it because he was just so talented that like 
Say he bails out too early, still makes a play with his legs, still makes defenders miss. Say he stays in the pocket for too long. Yeah, sometimes he'll get sacked, but also maybe he barely escapes the rush, breaks a tackle, and then makes like a prayer of a throw and like finds a receiver. That can happen. He's not going to get away with that as much in the NFL. And I don't think because he's clearly a very smart player, a very smart person, I don't think that's going to completely limit him. But I mean... Yeah, I just I agree with you, Chris, that there are concerns. And I also really do like Trey Lance as well, even though he's my quarterback five, just because I think there's really five good quarterbacks in this class. Obviously, Trey Lance is uh, his footwork definitely needs some improvement. He played in Division two, but for fantasy football as well, like he could be uh, he could pile up some rushing totals because a lot of the times in North Dakota State running was like the first like they ran a lot of read option there just a lot of quarterback draws with Trey Lance and if they continue that in the NFL that could be really big for his uh fantasy stock Mm -hmm. yeah definitely all right so I think that covers the quarterbacks so yeah I listed my quarterback rankings Chris so you have Mac Jones at five is that correct yes I do I just think that his he's kind of one-dimensional I think he's gonna really be I mean he is just a plain pocket passer but he made some inaccurate throws, and when you're only a pocket passer, I feel like you have to be really sharp, especially on your pro day, and I just didn't see that. I saw him as being having the exact same pocket passing accuracy as all the other quarterback, top five quarterbacks out there, except he doesn't have that added dimension in the running game, so I just don't like him very much going, yeah, going into this draft. He definitely struggled at his pro day. I can understand mm-hmm. it, and that yeah. is a red flag. Obviously, it's not like the same as a game situation, but I mean, I can understand your concerns there and that I would have really liked Mac Jones to have a great pro day and just be as accurate as he actually really was in college. But, mm-hmm. uh, yep. all right. So let's move on to news. We got one piece of news and we discussed this on the live show yesterday. And speaking of the live show, technical sports talk, we're on Twitter at SG sports talk. If you click the link in the description, you'll find our YouTube channel. We've moved, expanded to YouTube and, uh, we did a show. I'm also broadcasting Master Sunday later today, which is Sunday because we're recording on Sunday. The podcast actually drops tomorrow, so you'll be able to hear my Masters call if you want. Uh, it looks like Hideki Matsuyama, where, where we are right now, is going to win, but anything's possible. But uh, let's get back. We can get back to football now, and we talked about this on the show, which is why I mentioned the show. But we're also going to talk about this for fantasy purposes. Sam Darnold has been traded to the Carolina Panthers from the New York Jets for a 2021 sixth rounder, 2022 second, and 2022 fourth. Chris and I talked about how we thought this was a fair trade for both teams, but I mean, let's talk fantasy for this. What is Sam Darnold? What are Sam Darnold's prospects for fantasy now on the Panthers? Because I think he's probably going to start next year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think that he could turn into a really good quarterback. Obviously the Panthers need some offensive line improvement, but I think that they could really address that need in the draft, whether it's Penny Sue falling to them or they just snatch up Rayshon Slater, who I think is really talented. So I'm yeah. liking the direction that this team is going. We know they've got a bunch of great complimentary pieces to any quarterback, Christian McCaffrey and um, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So I think that Sam Darnold found himself a, in a really good situation. And if he's not able to produce this year or at least be a solid quarterback, I don't think that he's the, the Panthers are going to see him as their future. And I think that he's going to end up. Uh, not staying with this team, but I think that it's he's definitely in the best place possible for him to get a shot, and I think that he has the he has a chance to perform and do well. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. 
Yeah, I mean, the Panthers did pick up their his fifth-year option for $18.8 million, I believe. So that mm-hmm. means that they have some faith in him. So there's sort of a two-year window for Sam Darnold, which is why, I mean, I'm not really, he definitely is still very raw. And uh, he hasn't really proven that he can have success in the NFL. Now he gets more weapons. So that's why I'm really not taking him, probably not taking him in a redraft league. Um, maybe with deeper rosters, I might. In a dynasty league, though, he's a really, really good stash. So I would see, like, just test the waters for Sam Darnold. If he's not owned in your league, pick him up now, which he should be. But if he is owned in your dynasty league, then just send out some trades. See if you can get him for relatively cheap. And um, mm-hmm. especially in Superflex. Yeah. I agree. I mean, in Superflex, you're probably not going to be able to get him cheap, but yeah, mm-hmm. you know the point. So, I mean, these, and then these rookie running back previews are also going to be geared as well as to, to dynasty as well as redraft. So, I mean, probably even mainly dynasty because there's plenty of time to talk redraft later in the summer, but your dynasty rookie drafts are coming up now. So, uh, but yeah, it's also useful for redraft players. Mm-hmm. Last piece of news, Jordan Howard signed a one-year deal to stay with the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, this I don't know if this means anything other than that Miles Sanders may lose a few goal line touches, which is going to be very, very frustrating for Miles Sanders' fantasy owners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this doesn't really have too big of an impact. And I never liked Miles Sanders anyways. He's just one of those <laughs> players that I will never be drafting. I just don't like him. Yeah, I mean, I can understand it. He hasn't really just... Hasn't really done much so far. He's a talented player, but, uh, I mean, I don't know. He hasn't. I just don't trust him. I mean, a lot of his scoring just came on these massive big plays, and I feel like that's not consistent enough for me to be able to be willing to put him in my lineup because I can't have him going for 21 game, and then the next game when I really need him, he goes for three, you know? Yeah, that was the life of a Miles Sanders fantasy owner in 2020. Yeah, I think that happened to you last year, right, Calvin? Did you have, like, a few (laughs) games where it was, like, Oh man, that game against the Saints where he went for like 104 and two, and Jalen Hurts did the same. That was like Nirvana, right mm-hmm. there. But, but then, then he had that one game I remember where you needed just like a few points from him, and he really struggled. Oh yeah, didn't I need like six and a half or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> jeez. And that's why I'm not willing to count on Miles Sanders. Yeah, so many running backs are just so inconsistent and, ge- and frustrating in general. That's why you need to get him early. But I feel like you can't really go. Like, there's a thing, the thing about taking running backs early that is that it's also, like, really tough to just get those high upside guys. You want guys, obviously you want guys with upside, but make sure they also have a safe floor. Like, mm-hmm. that's why you don't rank Kenyon Drake ahead of Alvin Kamara, like I did. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to rookie running backs. We've got eight that we can talk about, and they're pretty much in consensus order. And the consensus number one running back, who I don't even think, I mean, obviously people know he's really good, but he doesn't get enough talk. Najee Harris, who is just like, he's so locked in in the number one. I mean, people, some people say Javante Williams, whatever, but not everyone knows that Najee Harris is really talented. 6'2", 229 are the measurements I have. And he's just a freak of an athlete. Like he's really not weak at very, he doesn't really have many weaknesses, if any at all, but like, he's just a ridiculous athlete and a very, very physical player who can just break tackles at will. Yeah, I mean, he's just going to be breaking tackles, and he has some speed, too. He's just an all-around really talented running back, and he's definitely the guy that can be a workhorse for you. These Alabama running backs, they're doing pretty well. Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, and now I think Najee Harris is definitely going to add to those. I think that he'll be better than Jacobs was. And I just think that he's the most talented running back. I've heard people make a case last uh, yesterday on our sports talk show, Second Angle Sports Talk on YouTube. Check it out. Calvin and I were mock drafting, and PFF had... Najee Harris ranked 
third. I just didn't understand it. He's in so talented, and when you watch him, his ability to find holes and his vision is just incredible, and he just seems like the most almost pro-ready running back just with his entire skill set and his just his ability to see the hole and hit the hole and be quick. It's not like he's really suffering at any one part of his game. I feel like he's an all-around really solid running back, and I think that he'll be very nice for any NFL team. Yeah, I mean, you're not on my rookie profile right now. You're not like on the Google Doc, but it, I, I'm on it. I'm looking at it, and it looks like you're just reading off of my profile. Seeds the hole quickly, hits the hole. He's a great athlete, <laughs> and he's very pro-ready. I mean, I th- I put on here that he'd find the most success in a power running scheme with strong blockers where he can just plow ahead for five or six yards a carry. It's kind of like Derrick mm-hmm. Henry. But, I mean, he can also make something out of nothing. He's still elusive. He's still agile. He's still a good pass catcher, and he's still he's tough to bring down all at the same time. The one knock on him, I will say, is that he can be caught. Like when he's running for an 80-yard touchdown, he can get caught pretty easily. But that's like that's like the most minimal of problems. And then there's like nothing else that I can say is wrong with this guy. Like he is just an absolutely excellent player. And I am going to be uh, – I mean, he's, he, the sky's the limit really for him in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Next two guys, I feel like there's like this tier – of like top three running backs where these three are pretty, pretty locked in to be, or maybe not locked in, but they have a good chance of being good NFL running backs. Then there are some other like dart throws. And then there's like that tier. That's like just really long shot that we'll talk about a couple of those guys at the end. But uh, should we talk about Chris Javante Williams or Travis Etienne next? Let's go ahead and do Travis Etienne. All right. Yeah, Etienne is my second running back. He is in, has incredible speed, and when he finds any sort of grasp, he his playmaking ability is incredible. He's really elusive, and just I think he's the fastest running back out of this top three that Calvin and I have labeled in. And for that reason, I just think that he'll be he'll be really good. He, I mean, honestly, he could definitely be like the next Dalvin Cook or Saquon Barkley, just with his ability and his skill once he gets out into the open. I think he might have some trouble in power running schemes, but I think that's not big enough, too big of a concern. He'll still be solid, and I definitely think that in the right situation, he could be a top five NFL running back. Yeah, I mean, I think there are just, I I would agree with you. I just believe that there are some minor caveats to like whether he can be a three down back. I want, if if they can get Travis Etienne, whoever drafts Travis Etienne, I'm going to be looking, the first thing I'm going to be looking at, how good is their offensive line? If he gets a top 10 offensive line, he could be the next Le'Veon Bell because he's just such a patient runner. And that's something like you don't really see on the highlights because I mean, like Chris talked about, he has great burst, great acceleration, great explosiveness. He's great in the middle of the field, but he's also just really, really patient behind the line. So if he can get a top uh, 10 offensive line, maybe even like just like a solid above average offensive line, he could be like a Le'Veon Bell who waits for the hole, sees it, hits it, I mean, his vision is probably not as good as Bell's, although it is solid. I mean, it it's not like it's not excellent. His vision it doesn't like crazy stand out, but it is good enough for him to be like that type of player. And like you said, Chris, he's just so so fast. He's not a guy who's going to be caught on an eighty yard run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and then uh, yeah, I mean, his the other knock is that he's just. He's a great pass catcher. He's really worked on that, but he's just not that physical. So, I mean, I just would like to give him a good offensive line to really make him a power, like a three down running back. That's why I have Javante Williams ahead of him. And I like, I really like Williams as well. But 
I don't mind ETN either. It's not like this is not a situation where I'm like hating on ETN. I don't mind him. He's a very solid, very solid prospect. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. So now we got Javante Williams, five foot ten, two hundred twenty pounds, and he he is just built. Like, I mean, he's not like Derrick Henry where he towers over people, but he is built like solid steel. Try to tackle him and you will be punished. Your ribs will take a beating. He is a punishing physical runner. And not only that, like not only is he built super compact, he is great at using his momentum to run people over. Like he's not the fastest guy ever, but when he picks up speed, he will just bowl you over. And I mean, this is most evidenced by, I talked about this last week, on the show yesterday, Javante Williams has an average in college. He averaged eight broken tackles per 25 attempts and no other running back had more than 3.7. So that shows you how good, like not you think Najee Harris is a great tackle breaker. Look at Javante Williams who even, yes, he played in the ACC, but he's a better tackle breaker than Najee Harris. He's a good athlete and he has trouble. I mean, he definitely has trouble with, uh, he's, he's explosive, but he doesn't have like that like crazy speed. He's a good pass catcher. And I just think his main issue though, is his lateral speed going mm-hmm. side to side, turning the corner. Not that great at that, but I think he can be a great running back between the tackles. Yeah. And with some work and with the right running backs coach and some good veteran running back to mentor him, he could be really good. I mean, like you said, Calvin, when he picks up speed and he's coming at you, that's, you don't want to be standing in front of him when he's, <laughs> when he's going full sprint, he'll just bulldoze you. And that break, broken tackles number is huge. Also, Travis Etienne is in the ACC, and he wasn't doing stuff that Javante Williams was at times. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, a running back like him, because I feel like he's almost a little bit unique of a running back. He's really good when he gets to full speed at breaking tackles, but he's not some massive Derrick Henry-like figure. And he's also not some super turn-the-corner, you know, elusive guy. So I think he's going to be an interesting fit for whatever team he ends up going to. Yeah, and I mean, it's with the thing about Williams is that like each position at the offensive line would really give him some benefits. Like he would pair well with like powerful guards and centers who can just body deep, like power blockers who can just body defensive lines. But I mean, if he gets some tackles who can keep defenders on the inside, that would definitely help his outside running and his lateral running as well. So that Mm -hmm. would just make him look better in in that facet of his game. Yep. Well, the excitement's over because the, those are the three great running backs in this class. <laughs> there are still some others that we should talk about, though. And the first one that we can mention is Kenneth Gainwell. Played with Antonio Gibson at uh, Memphis. He was the starter. Or I guess, didn't he opt out? Or maybe he opted out last year. Uh, did Kenneth Gainwell opt out? I don't remember. Just got to search that up. Sorry, guys. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I was right. Yeah, he did opt out. So he prepared for the draft. But, Chris, this guy, this is a guy who I don't really think he can have success between the tackles. But his pass-catching ability, he lines out outside so much. He compares to, like, honestly, like Austin Eckler is my comp for Kenneth Gainwell just because he's just such a good pass-catcher, but not maybe the greatest, a little bit undersized, not the greatest between the tackles. Yeah, and this is a guy that I don't really love. I feel like he's going to end up fitting into a role like, uh, say, Giovanni Bernard or, uh, I mean, what Deion Lewis used to play. You know, I feel like he'll be a serviceable running back for as a backup, but I don't know if he's going to be a workhorse back. And, yes, his ceiling is Austin Eckler-like, but I just don't see him getting there. I don't think he has that same amount of talent. But uh, he'll definitely be a nice addition. I think he could 
maybe go in like the later rounds, like the third or fourth round to a team, like someone like, I'm not sure why the Raiders signed Kenyon Drake when I would have loved them to just snatch up Kenneth Gainwell or, you know, like another team that could just use a second running back, maybe the Jaguars who could use him to combo with, uh, with James Robinson. So it's just, I feel like there are some good fits where he can come into be like a one, two punch sort of type where he can be the pass catching back. But I don't think that he's going to be a true workhorse back for any team. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's the problem. Gainwell just comes with such of a high, a high risk because they could just people like he's, he might go in like round three or four. I mean, he probably will go there. So he might just be drafted as like a gadget player. That's not something you can really rely on for fantasy. <laughs> I mean, maybe like Cordero Patterson type guy, except I think I do believe in game that Gainwell is really talented. But yeah, I guess you're you're pretty probably right that Austin Eckler is more of a best case scenario. Mm-hmm. All right. And then Chuba Hubbard. He is a really, really interesting player because he actually did play in 2020. And but he regressed a lot from 2019. And if I feel like if he declared after 2019, he would be like a top running back prospect. I know we had like a very good running back class. It turned out. I don't know if there was I don't think the hype for the running back class was there pre-draft. So Chuba Hubbard might have influenced that hype as well. He's really explosive and his game speed is is very clear. But I mean, he's uh he's just I think he has a lot of the Here's another concern, like with Javante Williams, where he's not really that great of an outside runner. Between the tackles, he's good, but I feel like he's just like a Devon. He like Javante Williams. Chuba Hubbard is like Javante Williams light, probably something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Chuba Hubbard. I mean, he's more of an analytics guy, in my opinion. Like his stats are just absolutely incredible. What he did, especially uh, two years ago, I don't trust him as much just because where he was playing. And he also had Tevin Jenkins, which is a, I mean, a really talented offensive line. But I think he still could be a good running back. I'd consider putting him ahead of Kenneth Gainwell just because I feel like he can be more of a play, more of a workhorse role. But uh, I don't trust him very much to do a ton in in the NFL. I think it's really going down to that top three, and then we've got sort of a B tier where we get guys like Kenneth Gainwell, Chuba Hufford, maybe Jarrett Patterson gets included in there, but no one huge. Yeah, I, I would agree. Oh, yeah, I guess we could – I forgot to put Jarrett Patterson on the note sheet, but uh, I can add him right now. Yeah, I mean, I guess thinking about it as well, I, I guess – I don't know if actually – it looks like Chuba Hubbard actually still had one year of eligibility left, but I think he may have redshirted, so I think he could have declared a year ago. Um. So, but yeah, I agree. I mean, and he does have some differences with Javante Williams. He's not like I – th- I mean, he can break tackles for sure, and he's – I mean, he's he's more of like – Honestly, he's sort of like a, a kind of a combination between Williams and ETN because he's like quick and very explosive. He definitely um, he's pretty good at like withstanding tackles. He's not like a like a solid steal like Williams is, but I mean he he is a good inside runner as well. And um, yeah, I mean I would agree mm-hmm. with your analysis, Chris, that he's like the the stats are like his 2019 stats are what's really boosting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess we got Trey Sermon. I feel like he counts as one of the major running backs because he really, really looked good at the end of the year. And he's a guy who's not really like good, great at one particular thing. He's kind of like Javante Williams in terms of breaking tackles on the inside as well. But, um, I mean, he's, (laughs) and I feel like I'm saying this about a lot of guys as well, but like Sermon, Hubbard, and uh, Javante Williams are all bad lateral runners. They're not like they can't really turn the corner 
but they're just like solid between the tackles. And Williams is definitely better than all of them, but um, he can catch the ball. So he could be, he has the tools to be a three down back, but he's just not like great. Like, it's not like Najee Harris where he's, like, great at everything. Sermon's good at everything, and that could make him all right. But, like, he's – I don't know if he's good enough at everything or good at – I mean, you don't need to be good at one particular thing, but I don't just know if he's, like – he's just, like, solid, but not uh, not a guy who I feel like is going to be super efficient in the NFL just because he might not be quite that talented. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. All right. So you mentioned Jarrett Patterson, Chris, if you want to talk about him real quick, and then we can mention Kyle yeah, Hill. Another big stats. I mean, you remember that huge host like eight touchdown game where he had like almost six hundred yards, I think. <laughs> and so that just kinda that kind of made me think of him. Uh he could be an interesting talent. A lot of these guys coming out of small schools like James Robinson, you know, they end up being really talented and people don't realize. And I mean, he's doing all this running behind not probably what's probably not a very good offensive line at Buffalo. And, I mean, the counter-argument to that is, of course, he wasn't playing in a very good division, but it's still impressive what he did, and I think that that alone should help, should be a reason for a team to draft him and definitely give him a shot because I think that he could end up developing developing into a really good running back. Obviously, right now, he's too unproven. He's too raw to be for me to say that he, he's going to be an NFL running back that's going to be able to produce, but I think he's definitely worth a, uh, a flyer for NFL teams. Yeah. All right. I like it. I think other guys who could be drafted, Kylan Hill and Ramondre Stevenson, who I heard the fantasy footballers sort of comp Ramondre Stevenson, especially like uh, to like Eddie Lacy in terms of his running style. I mean, he's a powerful runner, but I mean, he's not really like that quick and on his feet. If he can like get a little bit quicker, that would be good. And then um, Kylan Hill, who I mean, I don't know a ton about, but I think I mean, he's definitely a guy who's going to be drafted for sure. And he is, I mean, he's, I, we have a lot of physical runners in this class. He's versatile. He's patient. But um, he's, I believe he is, he's pretty physical as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, but he's he, like, just, there's a reason he's sort of a smaller name. He's definitely got some concerns. He's not, can't really, he, he can't really make defense. He can't really like juke out defenders. He can't really uh, get away from defenders as well as some of these other guys in this class and mm-hmm. yeah okay um, all right is that it yeah i think that's it we've covered all the running backs it's not as exciting of a year for running backs i feel like as it was uh last year where we had deandre swift jk dobbins and uh jonathan taylor who all turned out to be really good but i definitely feel like there's some good running backs in this class, especially Najee and etn williams i'm not a hundred percent convinced about but i i like him so uh excited it's going to be interesting it's always interesting to see where these running backs go and eventually how they you know play into a team's offensive game plan yeah and I mean my rankings are talent rankings it's not like I don't think I like I have Williams over ETN Chris I guess you have ETN over Williams but I mean depending on where they go that could easily change Mm -hmm. yep all right make sure to follow us on Twitter at SGF pod for updates about the show at Calvin underscore SGF at Chris underscore SGF and our live show is at sg sports talk and then if you click the link in the description there you don't even have to have twitter just go to twitter.com slash sg sports talk click the link you can find our youtube channel subscribe click the bell to know when we go live we'll probably be doing some pre-recorded uploads maybe getting deeper into some of these players like maybe elijah moore who chris is going to talk about next week and that's going to be a lot of fun chris mm-hmm. 
is like the, the resident wide receiver guy here. So you're going to be hearing a ton of analysis. He's going to be taking over next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just, yep. I can just leave. Chris can talk the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. But that should be fun. Wide receivers next week. There are a lot more wide receivers to talk about. I feel like so. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Email us, tag us on Twitter, second goal fantasy at gmail.com with questions or just tag us on Twitter. That's probably preferable. Um, thank you for listening. And check out our YouTube guys. For yeah. Go check it out. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, oh yeah. You could just, I guess you could just go to youtube.com and search second goal sports talk. We don't have our URL yet, but just search second goal sports talk. It should pop up. Let me actually check right now. I don't know. Let, let's just see if that works. Uh, if we're the first result, I think we should be youtube.com search second. Or if and... you just search second angle sports talk, uh, on, on Google, just, it'll pop up with our YouTube channel right below it. Oh, really? That's the first result? Uh, second result behind our sportscaster account. Oh, yeah, I see. Okay, so yeah, Second Goal Sports Talk is the first result on YouTube. So just search up Second Goal Sports Talk on YouTube. You can find us. And yes, it is also on Google. Second result. You can see us on YouTube. So yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. I'll pull up the outro, and uh, we will see you next time. <laughs>